0: Hey photographers, welcome to the Boca podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holritz, and really I'm just here to help you build a sustainable photography business. That certainly means helping you improve your photographic skills and enabling you to become a stronger business owner, but it also means helping you work more efficiently so you don't get burnt out in the long run. We are sponsored by photographersedit.com, custom photo editing for the professional photographer, And milu.com. That's M I I L U.com. The simplest way to create and manage timelines and shot lists for the events you're photographing. All right, let's get into today's episode. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to a special edition of the Boca Podcast. And I'm going to break the fourth wall here for a second and say I've not recorded a brand position consultation uh, in a little bit, but. Cody McCracken. And Cody, am I pronouncing your last name correctly there? I should have asked before we get started, really. <laughs> yeah, you said it right. All right, perfect. Cody is here with me today for one of those brand position consultations. And um, Cody, I appreciate you making time, not only to hang out with us, being, but being willing to, to share our conversation with the audience at large. Oh, hey, Tom, man. I'm really excited. And just very briefly, before we get into all of this, tell our listeners whereabouts you are currently based.
1: Um, I live in a really small city. It's uh, called Marion, Virginia. There's barely anybody here. So I'm pretty <laughs> much in like the Southwest Virginia area, close to Roanoke, Blacksburg.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. And, and that's, you had mentioned this to me previous to the interview today that you were looking at, you were working in kind of that that South, um, you said Southwestern section of Virginia. Is that correct?
1: Yes, correct.
0: Okay, cool. So And we're going to get into that in in more detail here in just a bit. But for everybody listening in, especially if you're a relatively new listener or you haven't listened to a brand position consultation, just very quickly, I want to introduce what a brand position is, what its significance is when it comes to a photography business. So of course, there there are various pieces of the puzzle when it comes to marketing our business as photography business owners brand position is one that I don't think is discussed enough in our industry. And it's one of the reasons why we're spending so much time on it on the Boca podcast, including doing these dedicated consultations. The definition of a brand position is relatively simple. It is simply the value proposition that your business represents in your marketplace. And in an ideal world, that value proposition is unique. So we could say the unique value proposition your business represents in the market. The benefits, again, for everybody listening in, Four primary benefits, number one, it enables potential clients to immediately know our unique value proposition. So if you communi- if you're communicating that brand position clearly, that potential client's going to immediately know what our unique value proposition is. Number two, it filters irrelevant potential clients. So let's assume that you've got a really clear brand position statement there on the homepage of your website, above the fold. It's the first thing that your potential client sees. They'll immediately know if they are a potential fit with your brand or not. The third benefit is that having a brand position simplifies and focuses marketing efforts if we know the message that we need to get out to the marketplace then we don't have to be confused or spend unnecessary time communicating various messages that are irrelevant to the main goal at hand which is to communicate this very clear and distinct brand position statement so it simplifies and focuses on marketing efforts and then as a result, the fourth benefit is that it encourages better time management. Again, we're not juggling multiple messages. We can focus on this one thing and make sure that we're putting all the effort and energy that we do put into our business into propping up and marketing that particular brand position statement. Of course, ultimately backing it up too with the service that we're offering. And as a result, it enables us to better manage our time. So that is the, the definition of a brand position, the benefits of a brand position, and Cody, today, we're going to be talking a little bit about your brand and ultimately a potential brand position. What I said to Cody, for everybody listening in for further context, what I said to Cody before we got started was the goal An ideal world is that we end up at the end of our conversation with a, a, a really great option for a potential brand position statement to go on a site, to go on a social media. But at the very least, I want to at least move Cody in the right direction or make some suggestions that will help him think through what a potential brand position might be for him, for his brand in the marketplace that he is based in, in this case, Southwestern Virginia. What type of photography, Cody, do you currently tell potential clients that you specialize in if you do at all?
1: Uh, I'm a hundred percent a wedding photographer. I kind of did a little bit of everything starting off, but everybody kept saying you need to specialize. So pretty much just weddings.
0: Okay, cool. And how long have you been doing that, by the way?
1: Um, I've been doing this for probably right at three years.
0: At three years, okay, cool. And, and you know what? Just to dig a little further, what what got you into photography in the first place? Like, what was the motivation to say, I want to be a professional photographer?
1: Oh my goodness! Uh, I pretty much just had a bunch of free time, and I used to make uh, silly videos back in the day for YouTube. And okay, I bought a bought a camera and was like, hey, it's a pretty good camera and started watching YouTube videos, how to edit video. But then I came across photographers like Peter McKinnon and uh, Caitlin James and just fell in love with it. So I just decided to do photography.
0: <laughs> wow. Interesting. Okay. So the the type of photography you're, you're saying to your clients that you specialize in is wedding photography, and actually for those of you listening in, you can check out Cody's website if you go to onefocusphotos.com, just like it sounds. Of course, we'll link to that in the show notes at com. Uh, wedding photography is your, your specialty. And I, I mean, are you selling that, w- what percentage of the time, 80, 90% of the time, or is that a hundred percent of the business that you're doing right now?
1: Uh, definitely 80 to 90, if not 95%.
0: Okay. So it's definitely what generates the most revenue for you. And and so you're in a, in a situation, um, that is kind of ideal and that we're, you're not having to first sort out whether or not you're going to focus on one thing or another, Wedding photography is already your specialty. So when it comes to developing a brand position statement, now it's just about narrowing the focus even further. You are a wedding photographer. That's the service that you're offering. What about that service that you offer is unique to the marketplace? And that's kind of the goal that we're going to get, or we're we're trying to accomplish today is to define what that, that unique service is. And then of course, ultimately how to effectively communicate it. What would you currently say makes your photography brand uh, or technique, your approach to wedding photography, unique in your local market, if, if there's anything in particular?
1: This is uh, what I have trouble with. I mean, I think I'm in my own head sometimes. Okay. Um, I know everybody literally says this. I've heard this so many times. But um, I feel like I give like a more personal, uh, a more comfortable experience. Like I love... Um just messaging my bride's like, "Hey girl, did you find your dress yet?" "Oh my gosh, you did." I love like hyping her up. Okay. I love making the uh, schedule or itinerary for the wedding day. I just I'm more hands-on, more laid back, so uh, that's probably not really too different than anybody else, but that's just what I think.
0: Well, you know, here's the interesting thing about wedding photography or professional photography in general. Um there are a lot of photographers that do the same thing or similar things. Part of having a brand position statement and actually following through on it is being the first person and ideally the only person in the marketplace and whatever marketplace you're working in to actually establish yourself as representing this particular idea. So if you are the photographer that helps clients feel comfortable in front of the camera or that you provide the most comfortable experience for wedding clients in Southwestern Virginia, you can go ahead and assert that other photographers may have that idea in the back of their mind. But if you're the first one to actually assert it, build your brand around that messaging and and ultimately the whole experience around that message, then that is where you can actually get a leg up. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, 100 percent.
0: Because it's you know, it's funny. At, at the end of the day, um, it's one thing to, to say something. And this is a, this is a reminder uh, for myself, something that I have to kind of remind myself on an ongoing basis. It's one thing to say something. It's another thing to do it. So um, certainly you need to be the first to say the thing, but then you also need to follow through and, and back up that statement with an experience. And I think based on the, the little bit of research that I did in your market, it looks like there might be an opportunity to actually run with that message. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail here in just a bit, talk about your target market's biggest pain points. Because at the end of the day, here's the thing about a brand message. And for everybody listening in too, what you have to think about is it's, it's nice to come up with a cute statement or, you know, one, one thing that was quite popular there for some time, I think it's maybe dying off, but uh, there was this idea of coming up with three words, three different words that represented your brand, you know, joyful, adventurous, romantic, or whatever the words were. And those are nice, and they're cute, and and I, but at the end of the day, the question is: How does that? How do those words? How does the copy? How does the messaging ultimately communicate potential value to a client that resonates with them? How does it solve a pain point or pain points? A number of pain points that they may be dealing with and trying to find the best possible wedding photographer. So that being said, Cody, I'm curious what you feel like your target customer's biggest pain points are.
1: That's uh, another thing I kind of was iffy on. Um, I actually uh, heard on your podcast, you recommended a book. You've said it probably a thousand times, but a story brand by Don Miller. Yes. So I got that book and I, I dug in and it was awesome. And he, he came to that point like, hey, list your biggest, your client's uh, biggest pain points. And it kind of, you know, stumped me a little bit. The only thing I can really think of is um, it seems like a lot of my uh, couple's they, they don't know what to expect for the wedding. They're always making comments like, man, you know, I just don't know what's going to happen next. Um, I'm new to this, like stuff like that. And it also seems like when, after the, I'm done, they always leave me a review saying stuff like, uh, you made us comfortable. You were relaxed. Um, you made sure that, you know, everything was took care of. So maybe also that maybe they're afraid of, you know, getting somebody who stands to the side and doesn't direct them or, you know, pose them. Maybe they feel like they have to kind of do the photographer's job for them. So maybe that's another pain point.
0: Interesting. Okay. So, and that seems to be a theme. How many clients, if you were to guess, how many clients, wedding clients have you worked with at this point? How many couples?
1: I believe it's either 10 or 11. It's not too, too many.
0: Okay. But amongst that 10 or 11, the, the consistent message seems to be, you did a great job taking care of us, making things easy for us. Yes. That's interesting. Okay. And, and that's cool. And by the way, for everybody listening in, Cody's a great example um, in action of, of something of doing something that I think is super important. I do this in, in, with our company, Photographers Edit. And I think it's important. In fact, we do this with the podcast as well. We actively get feedback from listeners about their experience, things that they are looking for that they're not a huge fan of. And I think it's really important that we, rather than just simply stepping back and, and guessing or making decisions based on our own intuition or something that we've observed, that we actually have conversations with those who we are serving. It's super important to get their feedback because there's a good chance they might be able to lend perspective that, that we don't currently have. It might kind of spark an idea or two that will ultimately help us be able to improve the business and, of course, ultimately the customer experience and that's super important, particularly in the context of developing messaging that is going to most resonate with a potential client. And speaking of Cody, I'm curious, have you taken the time to kind of define who that target client is? I mean, are you looking at a particular income bracket or is it more of a value system? Um, these, these couples have a pretty consistent value system that you're serving or how do you establish who your target client is?
1: Yeah, actually, uh, I took a few courses. One was like, uh, building your ideal client, I think was the name of the book. Okay. Um, so I've done some like research as far as like some of their characteristics. I know for sure that they're, um, they're easygoing, they're laid back. They love like watching Netflix. And for some reason, literally 90% of my brides are like nurses. So I've been trying to dig into that and see why, you know, what about me appeals nurses as far as income goes, I'm pretty budget. I'm probably a little cheaper than I should be. So I've done like a little bit of research, but I'm, I just feel like I'm just missing a little something to put it all together.
0: Interesting. Okay. So first of all, when you talk about being budget and kind of lower price point, what, what is that? What does it start at?
1: Um, well, well, just last year I was actually really cheap doing like $500 a wedding, but, um, this year I've actually done really good and I've, uh, my packages start at like 1700. So for me, that's, it's just crazy, but I know it should be probably a little more.
0: (laughs) Not necessarily. And, 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 you know, that's just part of defining the target market that you're going after. Uh, And I'll say when I got married almost 20 years ago, actually, I guess it's now been over 20 years ago. uh, My parents paid $600 for the wedding photographer at the time. Now, Obviously, we have to figure a bit of inflation into oh, yeah. the comparison or into the conversation. But that being said, that was a lot of money for them. And whether a couple's parents are paying for you know the the wedding photography or the couple is themselves, the reality is that there is a large segment of the U.S. market. And for those who are living overseas or in a different country elsewhere, you also have to consider this. There are different segments of the population that are making less income. That's just a simple reality. And and no amount of conversation about the significance of photography and how long lasting it is and you know the significance of somebody's art and actually valuing that art, no amount of those conversations, uh, which you know, photographers like to have, have really any bearing on somebody's actual ability to pull money out of the bank and pay for $5,000 wedding photography, for example. So, we have to keep in mind, and this is kind of an aside and really a, a, probably a podcast or even three or four episodes, uh, a topic that we could delve into separately. But we have to keep in mind that there are segments of the market at large Which need five hundred dollar wedding photography, or eight hundred dollar wedding photography, or thousand dollar wedding photography, or seventeen hundred dollar wedding photography, and in fact, at least based on the statistics that I last saw, about seventy between seventy and eighty percent of the weddings photographed in the U.S. um, I believe in twenty nineteen were shot for about two thousand dollars and below, and that's just that's stats, that's actual information versus you know what we feel about photography. So we have to acknowledge that. And that being said, I wouldn't downplay, Cody, the, the fact that you've been photographing at this lower price point, because the reality is that there's quite a significant market there to be served at that price point. The question at the end of the day, um, just on a kind of a logistical level, is how, if you're gonna continue in that price point, is it a viable price point, or is it a scalable price point, shall we say, for the long run? As in, if you have personal financial goals, Are you going to be able to accomplish those financial goals simultaneously, not get burnt out in the process because it takes too much time. You've got to photograph too many weddings to accomplish those financial goals. Uh, And and so those are some kind of conversations that you got to have with your wife and yourself and ultimately make some decisions about what is going to sustain your personal goals and whether or not the business model will fit that, or if you'll have to go ahead and continue to work toward raising your prices. I personally raised my prices. Uh, I went from, my first wedding, I shot for $350, I think. And at the, end of the, at the end of my wedding photography career, and I'm actually getting ready to start it back up, but when I, when I last photographed uh, a wedding for one of my clients in, I think it was 2012, uh, we were shooting between seven dollars and $10,000. So we, we went through that process that a lot of photographers do, but the reality is there's this whole segment of the market that can be served at the lower end and there's nothing wrong with that it's just a question of how we can do it logistically. So anyway, that's just kind of bonus conversation. And any thoughts on that though as as I'm talking Cody?
1: Oh yeah, um I definitely agree um as far as right now I have a, a full-time job Monday through Friday. Ah, okay. The 1700 it doesn't seem like it'd be something that would harm me. Plus sure. I kind of like the uh the couples that it gives me. I, it feels like they're just more like personal, easygoing and for some reason like I'm kind of afraid to get the really, really expensive couples because maybe, I don't know, they might be like I'm a sort of southern kind of laid back guy. And I feel like maybe I would stick out a little too much if I got something that high. And also, I always hear you mention uh, black and white Uh, wedding photography for skateboarders, would you, uh, since you said you're going to start back in, are you going to do something wild like that?
0: (laughs) That's a a great question. Yeah. So for just for context for everybody listening in, if you haven't heard previous conversations around brand position, um, one of the examples that I do give when it comes to creating a more distinct brand position and ultimately a variation on a service. And we're going to talk about this here in just a little bit uh, is you know, if I'm going to be a wedding photographer in Chattanooga, for example, which is the area that I live in, how could I create a variation on the service that would be unique? One, I could say that I'm a black and white wedding photographer, as in I only photograph in black and white. That would automatically make me stand out. I don't know of anybody in the area that's doing anything like that. Uh, and I could get even more specific, and I could say, I'm, to Cody's point a black-and-white wedding photographer who photographs skateboarders. That's the target market. That's who I'm serving. That's the only work that I'm displaying. And, of course, that would really narrow down my potential market, target market. I'd probably have to go beyond Chattanooga in order for that to, to sustain me But to answer your question, Cody, what I'm actually going to do, and this is a conversation of itself, I'm probably going to do an episode or even multiple episodes about it in the future, but I'm actually going to go after that very market that I was just talking about earlier. And that is kind of the, the budget market here in the Chattanooga market. Now, I know that there are photographers who are, are tapping into that, but I don't know of anybody to date. And, and I'm just in the process of kind of getting all of this going. So I still am in the research stage as well, or getting ready to do research as well. But I don't know of anybody in the area that's specifically running on that brand position. And, um, and because of my long-term goals with this business and ultimately where I want to go with it, serving that particular segment of the market is really important to me. And I'm going to, the plan is to run on that very specific position. Now it's, it's kind of a broad position, but it's also a broad position that will serve a lot of potential clients. So my hunch is I'm going to have plenty of business and it will enable me to prove some of the concepts that I've been talking about here on the podcast, but it will also enable me to then kind of build or grow to toward or step toward uh, my end goal, which is a whole different conversation in and of itself. But yeah, to answer your question, the the budget weddings uh, in Chattanooga, the budget wedding market in Chattanooga is who I'm going to be serving.
1: That's awesome. You'll definitely have a a good clientele. You're going to be bouncing a lot of work, though, so you probably need to outsource that editing. You know <laughs> of anybody who does that?
0: <laughs> well played, and absolutely. And again, this is a little more complicated conversation. I won't get into much detail at this point, but um, the, the plan is actually specifically not to take on a whole lot of work. I'm going to be doing a limited number of weddings because, yes, you're right. I, I have a lot of other things on my plate multiple companies. But there there's certainly opportunity for me to be able to, to prove some of the concepts that we've been talking about with regards to efficient workflow. And of course, one of those does include outsourcing my editing. So that will definitely be part of the workflow. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to photographers edit. <laughs> well, I, I want to keep going because I want to make sure that, that we give you as much value as possible here, Cody. And for everybody listening in too, uh, I guess the next question, Cody, and we began to touch on this earlier, but I think this gives further context to a potential brand position because at the end of the day, there is there is market demand, right? We, we have to create a business model that serves actual market demand. I just mentioned the market demand for low-end wedding photography or budget wedding photography. There's obvious demand there. But aside from the actual market demand, we also want to make sure that we're creating a business model that... that Uh, as a reflection of our value set of the things that are most important to us. So I'm curious for you, Cody, what are the top three, one to three reasons that you started and run a photography business um, in the first place? I know you talked about how you got started, but what drove wanting to be a photographer?
1: The first thing would probably be, I kind of feel like it was because I kind of wanted my own business. Just working all these small retail jobs, it's I don't know, it just kinda leaves you deflated and, yes. and you always you're always setting back saying, Man, why doesn't my boss do this? Like right. or why does a company not do this? So yep. I think that's one reason. Okay. Another reason is honestly I just wanted to make more friends and especially couple friends. Nowadays it's so hard, you know, to have other husband, wife, couple friends in general or just make friends in general. So I feel like this has been a really good avenue to kinda grow on and have you know, people that I can go out with and watch a movie with after the wedding and stuff like that. And probably a third reason would be, I'm just a super competitive person. If it's, even if it's playing checkers or video games, whatever it is, um, I'm just real competitive. And I feel like this kind of satisfies it because I'm always researching. I'm always trying to book that extra bride. I'm always trying to uh, do a better service for them. I'm always trying to make my pictures look better. Okay, So I also feels, feels like it, um, satisfies that too.
0: That's really cool. And I love, again, I love the specificity of this and how you thought it out. So the first thing was that you wanted to not only run your own business, but more specifically your business model. And by the way, I've, I've worked retail for a number of years. So I know what you mean. Um, even nowadays I still, and I know it's easy for me to sit back and kind of be the armchair quarterback and comment on somebody else's business, but, uh, whether it's a, you know, a company that I'm interacting with personally or professionally, uh, or I just happen to see something come up and I'm commenting on it because it's it's fun to it's convenient to. I there is a there is a tendency for me to see where something falls short and I think it could be better and I think maybe that's a tendency that a lot of entrepreneurs have. I love that you have that and ultimately that you're, you're like you know what let me just create my own business and I'll implement the things that I think are important. So I think that's cool to make friends through work. This is an interesting one and I don't I think we've had any photographers say this specifically before. Do you feel like there's any conflict of interest in the process of wanting to maintain some type of professionalism while also then ultimately becoming friends? Like, are there any lines to be drawn there? What are your thoughts on that?
1: A hundred percent. I feel like that part of me is, uh, what I use to like repel some, uh, couples. Cause some couples are like, Hey, I just want you to show up, take pictures, get out. Interesting. And, and that's not like my clientele. I want like couples who, you know, don't mind to randomly send me a meme and like a messenger, like, Hey, I just found this. you might like it. Or, um, you know, maybe like always, I didn't mention this before, but it's always a requirement for me and my wife to go on double dates with my couples before the wedding and before the engagement shoot, because I feels like, I feel like you can just, you know, get to know each other. Um, and that just makes them more comfortable in front of the camera. Cause if they, if they're standing in front of your camera, they don't know who you are. Um, they don't know that you care about them. I mean, they're going to be like stiff and maybe anxious. But if they already know you, they're going to come and, and get in front of your camera, cut up with you, laugh, and yeah. just. So I feel like there's definitely a fine line. Like I definitely want to come off professional, yeah. but I also don't want to come off as unapproachable or anything like that.
0: You want a personal relationship. When you say um, that they're required to go with you on a on a double date, how do you? How do you actually present that to them in a way that doesn't come off like you must go on a double date? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, usually, I'm like, hey, um, before you know, you, you officially sign the contract and stuff, you know, I always like to, you know, take my couples out for a double date just to, you know, get to know me and my wife because your wedding is a special day and I don't want you to feel like I'm just, you know, going to show up and leave. Like I want you to know, like I'm invested in who you are. I'm going to, I'm going to hug your grandparents and you, you know, laugh with everybody. Like, I just, I just want them to know it's like a, like a personal approach ahead of time. Hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah,
0: no. And I love that. And I think the way that you presented that, that time, it sounded a lot less harsh and very extremely personal. I think it's, (laughs) you could say that too. Um, No, I think that's great. And it very much follows. um, I, I think, the thought process a lot of photographers have implemented in their business. I know of something that I used to do. Uh, most of the the clients that I photographed, whose weddings I photographed, I, I did engagement sessions with. And in an ideal world, I also went out to eat with them. I, I do remember one um, relatively humorous experience that I had, I mean, in hindsight anyway, where you know, I, I photographed a couple's engagement session. And the groom was the furthest thing from into the session and into his bride, sadly, uh, at least visibly, as possible. I mean, just did not want to, you know, that the idea of any kind of PDA public display of affection was, was, I guess, made him uncomfortable and that's fine. Teach his own, definitely not into the session, but man, he was definitely into the meal afterwards. So in some way <laughs> I was able to connect with, with the couple. She, I think was hoping for a great session. He was looking forward to the meal it, at the end of the day, it worked out. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's great that you're trying to create that personal connection with them. And it's cool that you're going with your wife since you guys work together. I think that's Super, super. I think it create it adds to this personal nature of the business model that you're describing, which very much I don't know. It's really developing a a cool, very warm picture ultimately in my mind about your brand. Um, the other thing that you talk about though, which might seem kind of in contrast to that warm, friendly nature, is the com- the competitive spirit that you have. Is this something that's always been the case for you, whether it was school or sports or whatever else? You always been competitive.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. It's it's definitely been a thorn in my side at times, but I mean, I try not to let it be, I know some people, you know, get competitive and they turn that into, you know, being angry and stuff, but I always try to use it to just be a better person. It also could be my faith. I have a a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So I feel like maybe that's what's holding me accountable. So I feel like in everything that I do, I have to just give 110% that I can't, like slack off during the wedding or slack off during an engagement session, because that that's not the right thing. But instead I just need to, you know, fire up and just you know, give it keep all. going at it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Wow. Well, I, I, I love this. And and as you're, I mean, this is exactly what I hope for in a conversation and a consultation like this where you continue to paint a, a more detailed picture of not only who you are, but ultimately what you want your business to be. And this really helps us move in the right direction for trying to establish some type of a brand position. And, and I think this is a great example for our listeners. Those of you listening in, if you're like, how do I, how do I figure out how I'm different, why I'm different, and, and ultimately translate that to my business model, this very conversation is, a, is an example of how to go about that. And it, you might even just take some notes as you're listening in to the questions that I'm asking and then write your own answers to those questions, because I think it'll help you think through this and get to a place where you might be able to have a clear idea of how you can stand out in your local marketplace. Let's keep going there, Cody, because uh, we've got a lot more to cover here. So at this stage, before we kind of look at your your competition, so-called competition, are you lacking a brand position statement altogether? Is there something you dislike about the existing one? What, what are your thoughts about that?
1: I feel like I might be lacking a brand position. I've hired quite a few copywriters to kind of help me with copy because I'm horrible with words. And this last one, um she kind of like summarized at the above the fold of my website like a quote that says like to get, you know, people comfortable in front of the camera, you have to get them comfortable knowing who's behind it or something to that standard. So I kind of put that at the top. So I know that's not really Maybe that's more of like a brand quote, if that's even a thing, or maybe a, it could be, I guess, a brand statement because it's a statement, I guess. But as far as an official brand position or brand statement, I feel like I don't really technically have one yet.
0: Yeah. Well, and I would say too, and just as a little side note, you mentioned above the fold, I'm, I'm on a 16 inch MacBook Pro. The way that I've got my browser pulled up right now, that that statement that you mentioned is actually sitting below the fold. I have to scroll to see it. So just an FYI, in case you're looking at modifying the site in the future, but that statement, so I'm reading it for everybody listening in, people feel good in front of the camera only when you learn to help them feel comfortable being there. I get the sentiment. I think the idea is nice. I think there's a simpler way to communicate that idea. And it's likely the direction that we're going to go is this focus on the sense of comfort that you create for your clients. Um, but I think there's a simpler way to say that because this is something that I'll do and my, my team knows this about me at, at Photographer's Edit and, and Milu as well. And, and I, I like to kind of quote play dumb in, in the sense that I I want to, maybe you could put it this way, I imagine myself being like a, a third grader, uh, reading a sentence. And if I don't understand that sentence as a third grader, then then as a brand coordinator or a marketing, uh, or a CMO, chief of marketing, if you will, then I've I've failed. I've, I haven't done my job well. The goal with our marketing copy is to be as clear and concise as possible, but as easily understood as possible. Because the reality is, not everybody processes language the same way. Uh, even if even if they're American, for example, and, and we're writing in English, not everybody processes language and words the same way. Some people see different meanings and the same word uh, that another person is going to see a, a totally opposite meaning in, or you know, whatever the case. So. The, the goal at the end of the day is to simplify the copy so that there is no chance that there can be any confusion about what something means. And so to that point, I get the sentiment in that copy there, but I think we could go with something much, much simpler. And so we'll talk about that here in just a second. Just for everybody listening in too, you're going to want to make sure to follow Cody, give Cody a follow on Instagram, one focus photos, just like it sounds. And we'll link to it in the show notes as well. Um, I'm just noticing there, Cody, it says, uh, of course, your name, which by the way, is great. It's surprising how many photographers don't actually put their name in the Instagram profile. And the last thing for those of you listening in that you want to do is force your client to have to search for who in the world is going to be photographing them, whether it's a portrait session or a wedding or otherwise. Make sure you put your name in the profile of your Instagram account uh, so there's no confusion around that. Have the brand. That's great, but also have your name. Uh, wedding and portrait photography around Marion, Virginia, Friends, the TV show, Cats and Jesus is My Obsession, Your Biggest Goofball Friend, and, and that's it. So yeah, to your point, no real clear distinct, clear and distinct brand position statement there either. We're going to work toward that. And to that point, actually, let's go ahead and take a look at your competition. And I'm going to put competition loosely here because, frankly, I... I Photography or photographic technique aside, it doesn't look like in the realm that you want to focus, there is a ton of competition, if any at all, which I think is really, really great for you. Um, And what I did for everybody listening in, in fact, what I would encourage everybody listening in to do, if you want to do an assessment of your brand, maybe establish a brand position or refine your brand position, one of the things that you need to do is simple research. We have this wonderful tool called Google. And all you have to do is search your marketplace and the type of wedding photo- or type of photography that you offer. So in this case, uh, I very simply Googled, and I'll, let me pull this up here really quick. Um, I just Googled Southwest Virginia wedding photographer. Very, very simple. Now, you could get more specific with cities, and that's that's additional work, Cody, that you might be able to do kind of homework later, just to verify that those areas that you're going to be working, the specific cities that you're working in, and if somebody Googles wedding photographer in those cities that, that they're not running into another photographer with similar brand messaging. Uh, but in this case, Southwest Virginia wedding photographer. And I got um, a number of results. What I normally say on the on the podcast is to, or on these consults, is to at least look at the first three pages, maybe the first four pages of results that you get on Google. And these are non-paid results, by the way. Somebody can run an ad and, and you know be front and center. And that's fine. There's a place for that. But what I'm looking at is the results that I get organically when I do Google search. And the first thing I actually did in this case was to look at the Google business listings. And I'm going to go ahead and read off some position statements. In some cases, I would put that phrase position statements loosely in quotes, maybe, but the position statements that did pop up on on some sites, not all sites had one, but I'm going to read these out, Cody, just as kind of food for thought. And um, we'll kind of go from there. So let me just read through these really quick. And there were, there were 19 Google business listings that I pulled up. Not everyone had a position statement, but these are the ones that popped up. The first was wedding and lifestyle photography, pretty general. Uh, The next was homegrown storytellers. And then the subtext was capturing your love story through photo and video. Another one was beautiful moments full of light and color photography. The next one is photography that embraces the enchanted and unscripted moments of your story. The next one was building memories together. Another one, make your day unforgettable. Uh, The next one, Virginia commercial photographer. I'm not sure why they popped up under wedding photography unless somehow they had that built into their SEO. Nonetheless, that came up. Uh, The next one was a Southwest Virginia wedding and lifestyle photographer documenting all the important moments so you can feel memories for generations to come. Uh, That is a really, really long statement for a position statement. Uh, There are other ways to kind of build those words into the page for the sake of SEO and I would recommend that for anybody. We want to go with short and succinct to the point. Uh, the next one was a natural and vibrant photographer for the romantic at heart. Another one is we turn your dreams into beautiful. The next was for the couple who believes and then subtext classic never goes out of style. Uh, the next was memories that last a lifetime. So we have another memories uh, or another um, a statement alluding to memories. And then the last uh, on the Google business listings that I pulled up, and I think this is the first full page of listings, uh, husband and wife wedding and portrait photographers. There were a couple of other results from the actual Google search results. Most of them came up in those Google business listings. One was because we care, because we care with our whole heart. And then the other was capturing those special moments in your life. So I feel like I've I've been talking too much, Cody. Uh, I want to get your take, just kind of your initial impression as you hear these various statements. Anything pop out? Um, anything that you feel like works, doesn't work? How could you play opposite of those statements? What are your what are the thoughts running through your mind?
1: Uh first thing is I definitely noticed there's a lot of cliche terms in there. You, you said like you like to use like a third grade kind of mentality. I feel like there's a lot of people that would read some of those statements and be like, what does that even mean? So I feel like there's definitely opportunity to do something really short and sweet, straight to the point. And none of them really kind of stuck out as far as a, a really good statement. So I feel like maybe there's some good opportunity for me.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and of course what we want to look for, I mean, you had an idea coming into this research Maybe some photographers aren't going to have some kind of preconceived idea about the direction they want to take their brand. But in this case, you have at least one main idea, something we really haven't talked about at all. Maybe we should just touch on this at least a little bit here, Cody, is... Uh, Previous to our interview today, you and I went back and forth a little bit about the potential of serving nurses specifically. Is that an idea that you have any interest in anymore? Do you want to kind of run with this messaging um, focused on creating a comfortable environment? What are your thoughts?
1: Uh, I definitely thought about the nurses. I feel like that could have like definitely separated me. And if, if there was a nurse to get engaged, some, I, I feel like somebody would have been like, Holy, there's a, Holy crap. There's this dude that just works with nurses. So I kind of thought that would be cool. But, yeah. but at the same time, I feel like maybe they're coming to me, not because like I'm the perfect fit for them, but because of what I do. And maybe that's because like, I can make them feel comfortable. Like they make their patients feel comfortable.
0: Interesting, okay, yeah, because you and I were kind of going back and forth talking about how you could speak to to borrow an earlier phrase pain point for nurses, right? What's the thing or the things that are most common to nurses um, that you could speak to as a photographer and ultimately going kind to of solve that so-called problem as their wedding photographer. But that's interesting. They are their profession really centers around the idea of care and creating comfort. And you do the same thing as a photographer, so you're creating an environment that they can relate to, and maybe that's why they're comfortable with you. Exactly. That's really cool. Okay, I, I'm really loving the direction we're going with this. Okay, so let me. Um, and man, I, I, I'm afraid of talking too much, but of course, part of the goal of this podcast is not only to try to help you, Cody, but ultimately also to educate the those who are listening in about what brand position means and how to go about finding this. So. Uh, let me just very quickly, I, I want to, for everybody's context, uh, just summarize four different ways, first of all, to establish a clear and distinct brand position. Because at this point, you know, we have a, a general idea of the direction we want to go. I say we, like, I, like I'm running your business with you, Cody. Uh, <laughs> Cody has a general idea of the direction he wants to go with, with messaging. It centers around this idea of creating a comfortable experience. How then does he translate that to messaging? And so here are just for context, four different ways that we can establish a clear and distinct brand position. And we've talked about some of this already, but number one, for everybody listening in, if you're taking notes, number one is to be the first to own a position for a service that already exists. And we talked about this earlier. There may be other photographers who are trying to create comfortable experiences for their clients, just as part of what they do to them. It's like, yeah, of course I would do that. Right. So that that's part of the experience, but they're not speaking specifically to that. They're not owning that position. And so in this case, there's a really wonderful opportunity, at least based on the initial research that we've done. And again, I would encourage you, Cody, maybe to even kind of dig further, pick certain a little bit larger towns or cities in Southwest Virginia, do Google searches with those city names and then wedding photographer and see if you see anything else that stands out that might be in competition with this idea, but be the first to own a position. Um, There may be other photographers that are in that space, but if you're the first one that not only owns it and that you put the messaging front and center with your brand, website, social media, but you also back it up with the experience, uh, then that's one really great way to establish a clear and distinct brand position. Secondly, and this is a more challenging one, and that is to offer a service that doesn't exist. Uh, If, you know, for example, if there wasn't, a wedding photographer who only photographs skateboarders in Chattanooga, that might be an opportunity for me. I still have to consider whether or not there's a big enough market to serve to make a living. But uh, offering a service that doesn't exist, relatively simple notion. Um, It maybe dog photographer in smaller markets isn't a commonplace thing yet. There might be an opportunity to offer a service that doesn't exist. So that's another way. And of course, you you establish yourself as the go-to solution for that particular service, and then you run with it. Make sure your brand, your service, everything backs it up consistently. Offering a variation of a service is number three. And we talked about this earlier. I'm glad you brought it up, Cody. Uh, Yes, the black and white wedding photographer for skateboarders would be an example of a couple of variations, a couple of levels of variations on a service. Wedding photography is a service. How can I offer something that is a variation on that service that nobody else is offering in the area? Black and white wedding photographer or black and white wedding photographer for skateboarders even. Um, And now you're really, really getting specific. Again, I'll reiterate, it's important when you start to get super specific to make sure that either A, there's enough of a potential marketplace in the area that you 're in that you' that you 're willing to photograph in to support that business model, and less than of course you are willing to travel and at that point, you can open up that marketplace, maybe you serve at you know, for example for me it would be Tennessee or you 're going to serve Alabama at large um, or Virginia at large or Pennsylvania at large, or maybe you can go international or regional, whatever it might be you can you can kind of spread your reach, spread your feelers out. And you might have a large enough market at that point, getting so specific to be able to run a sustainable business. And then the last way to to, to create a clear and distinct brand position, and this was actually one of the possibilities that Cody and I discussed, was um, to name a target market. Uh, and and you know ultimately there may not be an effective way. At least we haven't been able to to define one at this point, Cody. To to not only name nurses as your market, but to figure out specifically how to speak to them in a way that that would resonate and, and tr- kind of draw all the nurses in the area to you. But if we name a target market, for example, I might say that I am a photographer for seniors, as in those who are in their 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond. And I immediately say, you know, I could say Chattanooga uh, photographer for seniors. And then, of course, all my imagery backs that up. And then I become known as the guy to go to for that particular target market. I could even be a wedding photographer for seniors, for weddings later in life. You know, for example, that might be the tagline or the the position statement. Mm -hmm. Um, And that would be my target market. And actually, that's a pretty good position statement. There's a really great opportunity there nationwide, locally or otherwise to, to be able to serve a target market. But that's the fourth way to establish a clear and distinct brand position. Um, with those ideas in mind, Cody, which direction do you think you would tend to, to lean at this point?
1: I, th- I feel like I'm still uh, conflicted between maybe kind of being like just for the nurses. I feel like that could be a good way to go or just stepping up and running with comfort- comfortability and just uh, putting it above the fold and really just knocking it out of the park, like proving that I can be like the number one the number one photographer who can make you just feel the most comfortable.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I'm, and I'm actually writing down here a potential statement as you're talking. Um, We were talking about this idea of comfortability and, and again, that that copy that's on the homepage of your site currently is playing on this idea, but we, I think we can write it in a much more straightforward manner. What if you were to say something as simple as I help you feel comfortable in front of the camera on your wedding day?
1: I like it. That's pretty straight to the forward. And I think a third grader to understand it.
0: Right. And and that's the thing, you know, there's, there's a tendency, I think with photographers, at least at times to get cute or overly romantic or fancy um, or to borrow some, whatever trendy phrase or, or words at the moment to to use in our site. And there's something to be said for that, maybe to a point, but when so many people are doing it over and over and over again, it's easy to get lost in the the noise digitally, literally figuratively. But if you just very clearly and concisely state what it is that you represent, and then all of your imagery backs that up, the experience backs that up, the website backs that up, all the messaging backs that up, now you have an opportunity to create an experience that is, that is distinct And I think, I mean, playing on, I mean, the the cool thing about this is it's not only something that you see an opportunity for in the market. uh, There's an obvious opportunity for in the market, but it plays off your personality too. You're passionate about the idea of creating a comfortable experience. So you're not just going to say it, you're actually going to do it. So the idea of following through and creating an experience that that matches that messaging isn't so far beyond the idea of a possibility.
1: Thank you. I I definitely feel like I can. I'm a pretty easygoing guy. So I I feel like I'm more personal than the rest. So I 100% feel like I can knock it out of the park.
0: That's cool. Well, and um, of course, that's just one example of a potential statement. There might be a way to, to refine that. And we could even follow up in conversation afterwards if you want to further refine it. But um, I, would, I would encourage you to go in that direction. Uh, With the caveat that I would also, if if there are particular, I think you maybe mentioned Roanoke um, in in conversation with me previously. If there are other towns that, that you may be working in specifically, go ahead and do a similar Google search for in those towns. Make sure that you're not running up against competition there as far as messaging is concerned. Then the next thing that I would do is with that final brand position statement, go ahead then and move that position statement up front and center. So right now I'm on your site. I mentioned earlier that, that the, the big font from the, the, the messaging that your copywriter wrote previously uh, is below the fold, at least in the format that I'm looking at it. I'm gonna pull up your the website on my phone as well. One, Yeah, and it's a similar situation there too. So the, the copy actually gets cut off. It, it, I see people feel good, but even that text is getting cut off Um, this is on an iPhone 11 pro just to give you an idea of the the size of the screen. So I would, whether you've worked with a website designer or you're doing it yourself, um, I would rework the layout for your homepage so that you can bring that text up and make it front and center. Having beautiful imagery to to back that up is super important. But then that's the other piece of this that's really, really important is in addition to the experience we talked about earlier, which I think just flows naturally for you, especially based on what you've already described. Make sure that all the imagery that you're posting suggests it whether through expression or body language, and and I would suggest since you're talking about creating this comfortable experience, including some images, quite a few even on your website in different places of you interacting with the client. If you know, if your wife can take pictures of you doing just that, um, or if there are pictures of both of you interacting with clients, even even better. But I would highlight the fact that you are creating this experience, and they see that they know what that's like maybe even add video um, as an additional layer of personalization. So they not only get to see this brand that's all about creating a comfortable experience, they see it reflected in the imagery, the clients are super comfortable with themselves. It looks really, really natural. But then they have video too, where they feel like they get to know you a little bit better. That might be an additional layer that you could add, whether it's on the homepage, or maybe even on the about me page. That'd be another way that they can connect with you. And then of course, ultimately, you're going to have the chance to connect with them personally. But I I would just highly encourage you after getting that messaging front and center to then build everything on that website around this notion of creating a comfortable experience.
1: That's a really good idea. I never, I kind of heard feedback before to have like pictures of me and my clients, but I just never really did prioritize it. But I def like hearing you say it, (laughs) it sounds more smart. So I definitely need to get that going and I definitely need to, uh, go for a more direct statement and make sure actually get it to the very tip top of the page so that's the first thing they see and then they scroll down and hopefully they see my couples being comfortable in my photos
0: yeah well and of course you can always change that statement if you want it to be we you could change it to we help you feel comfortable in front of the camera on your wedding day um but ultimately yes images should reflect it now i will add one caveat when we're talking about including images of you with your clients which i would highly encourage just make sure that you find a good balance in that because the last thing that you want is to then make this about you, right? There's kind of a, an interesting fine line, especially in the context of a brand that is about this experience that you're creating for the couple. At the end of the day, this is their wedding day. And I've seen and, or heard from, or been around photographers who, whether it's conscious or subconscious, kind of make the wedding day about them. And that's a super turnoff. And I know that's not what you want. Um, so That being said, even on your website, just make sure that there's a healthy balance between making that you're highlighting couples that you photographed uh, and then also including images of you with the clients or you and your wife with the clients.
1: I 100% agree. That's the last thing I want to come off is someone who takes control or makes the wedding about them. So that's that's definitely something I need to be
0: careful of. Cool. Well, any other thoughts, any other questions um, here before we close out our conversation?
1: I think that's about it. Other than I really also want to shout out, I know you already did earlier, but photographers edit. Um, I only did three weddings, maybe four this year, but photographers edit, it, it just gave me so much free time to do other things. And I don't really make a lot on weddings. So I can see how somebody may be like, oh, well, I'm only doing a couple weddings or I don't charge much, but I can hundred percent say that um, letting your guys or le- letting your team, I guess I should say, letting them take care of the editing. It definitely has, um, changed things for me. It's allowed me to build more connections with, uh, some of my followers on Instagram to, uh, do a couple portraits to make extra money. So it's definitely something that people should think about, even if you are only doing like three or four weddings a year.
0: I really appreciate that. Um, uh, we didn't even talk about that before, and I really appreciate the shout out though. And you know what, since you mentioned it, I'm just curious, because you are charging a lower price point, did you decide to send fewer images? How did you manage to balance the your overall budget, and of course, making sure you walk away with a profit margin with being able to still send those images to us?
1: I uh, I slightly raised my prices to okay. uh, ac- accommodate for it, and also just took a little bit of a a cut for it. But it's 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 honestly been more cheaper than I ever imagined it would be. So it's definitely nothing that I would, you know, put a dagger in me or anything like that. So it's very, very affordable.
0: Well, again, super kind of you to, to shout us out. And of course, Photographers Edit, we can link to it in the show notes, but it's photographersedit.com. Cody, this has been a really fun conversation. I'm super impressed by your character, your personality, and ultimately the priority you put on on just creating a really great experience for for your clients. I know it's going to translate even just based on our conversation and certainly even seeing pictures. I'm seeing them scroll in front of me on your website right now. Um, I can tell that you're doing this very thing that you're talking about. So I think it's cool that you're moving in the direction of establishing yourself and your brand in the arena of, you know, this focus on a comfortable experience, because it's just going to flow naturally for you. Um, really stoked for you. I'm going to, we're going to link to your website, of course, in the show notes, onefocusphotos.com, Same thing on Instagram, anywhere else that our listeners should follow you online.
1: Just those two are fine with me.
0: Perfect. We'll put those in the show notes, dot podcast.com for everybody listening in and uh cody thanks once again for hanging out with me today
1: oh thank you brother
0: thanks so much photographers for listening to the boca podcast will you let us know what you thought of the show by leaving a review of the podcast in the apple podcast app and i'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show my email is nathan at boca make sure to visit our sponsors photographersedit.com custom photo editing for the professional photographer and milu.com that's m-i-i-l-u dot com the simplest way to create and manage timelines and shot lists for the events you're photographing